Good morning, everyone. Uh, morning, Karen. Thanks for joining this morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So today we are going to be covering landlord expenses. Uh, so a lot of good topics today, Karen, uh, that we're going to cover. Remember, everybody, if you want to obviously ask questions and things, please drop them in the comments and we will come to them at the end um, when we've finished going through um, all the topics that we are covering today. So landlord expenses, um, an expert guide to claim back everything you're entitled to. Um, so yeah, how many tax allowances do you think you could claim from owning a rental property? Um, well, the truth is you might be pleasantly surprised uh, and that's what we're going to cover today. Um, being a landlord is, of course, a business. We always say uh, when we're having discussions that it is, it is, in essence, your own business. Um, so you should run it like that. Uh, but from our experience, not every landlord knows what they're entitled to. Um, as well as the obvious costs, like obviously mortgages and maintenance, there are many um, smaller expenses that can soon add up and make a real difference to the bottom line um, of your buy-to-let business. Um, believe it or not, uh, HMRC wants you to claim and even accept digital copy copies of things like receipts to make it easier. Um, you could simply take photos um, of your paper receipts and put them in a folder on your phone uh, and then keep any digital receipts in an email or, or on your desktop. And this really streamlines the jobs of retrieving them later on. We all know, obviously, uh, at the start of the year, everybody tends to rush to the, to the 31st, obviously, to get their tax returns and that and, at the last minute. So to do it as you go and keep everything digital and all in one place really does simplify it. Um, so yeah it's all those small little things that you can do that at the end of it will make it so much easier for yourself and i i, I mean ultimately this is money in your pocket that you're trying to save here so i think it'll be a really good show for obviously a bit more insight into that and how you can go about obviously doing your tax returns making it more efficient and keeping as much money in your bank as you can because like you say richard this is your business that you're effectively working so being smart about it and money savvy is going to be one of the keys i think for this show yeah, I think it's like anything, do it as you go. Um, everybody's guilty of leaving things to the last minute at some point in time with something. So I, no means is tax returns different. Um, so yeah, be aware of what you're, obviously be aware of what you're actually entitled to um, and record everything as you go um, is a really good um, way of doing it. So just what can you claim? I think is everybody, what everybody uh, wants to know. I think, like I said, there's a lot of landlords who are unsure. Um, there are five main areas um, of allowance, uh, allowanceable expenses, uh, and we're going to cover them all uh, today. Um, we'll guide you through everything that you could claim back so that instead of leaving wasted money on the table, you can keep it in your pocket uh, where it should be. Um, so, yeah, so we're going, to, we're going to go through these five main topics this morning. Um, just before we, we move on, I was just going to say, obviously, Jim's not with us this morning. Jim is obviously off climbing. Um, I didn't know if he was going to try and, you know what it's like to try and uh, join in the call, but I don't think he's able to. But uh, he's doing really well. Jim's obviously doing his uh, charity climb um, up Tubcal. He's got, he's doing it in, um, for the Cross Nest, the Cross Nest Trust, um, which is for mobility scooters and um, electric and manual. Uh, and they've been running for a lot of years and they do a lot of good work. So. Um, You'll see the link for that on our pages uh, if you wanted to go and sponsor Jim. And I think he's doing the summit today, um, which will be, I think, I think he's, uh, he's finding it a challenge, but obviously expected that um, looking at the videos, him rather than me. 
Um, but well done to Jim and uh, wish him all the best for the day for getting to the top. Um, general maintenance and repairs and things, that's, a bit, that's the main thing I think that everybody knows that they can claim on uh, as, as taxable um, allowances. So tax deductible yeah, so, allowances. So yeah, you want to cover that with that? General maintenance and repairs, obviously keeping your property up to date and in good condition is obviously how to attract and retain a good tenant. But more than that, looking after your investment is highly tax efficient with plenty of expenses that you can claim back. So we've got a few different topics in which obviously these are areas that you can claim back. So the first one is repairs and replacements to the property structure and exterior. So this includes things such as the roof, windows, walls, together with permanent interior fixtures such as sinks, toilets and radiators. Yeah, I think that if you're, if you're doing replacements of um, things like you say the fixtures and fits like if it's sinks and toilets and things and they are of a certain age and, and need replaced, um, like I mean, similarly like for like, then these are all uh, tax deductible expenses. Yeah, so obviously there's some more kind of ins and outs of obviously this, but we'll touch on that just towards the end of obviously what can be and what your circumstances yeah. are around claiming things such as like toilets and sinks and this kind of thing. So um, yeah, but one of the other things you could do is decorating costs. So this includes paint, wallpaper, flooring and contractors to do the work. Also buying and replacing furniture such as curtains and blinds general upkeep and maintenance such as gardeners and cleaners so that one might surprise you but it is yeah. one of the things that is tax deductible and safety checks so obviously something that you should be doing on an up-to-date basis such as gas safety certificate which is obviously annually your electric and your smoke alarm so obviously EICRs are every five years. That's a really good one as well because obviously we all know um, any obviously landlord and investor at the moment will be aware of the ever-changing obviously legislation and compliance um, and safety measures that we need to follow. Um, we've gone through a lot of renewals now for the electrical safeties and things um, and they could be costly and, and they're, a, they're a big outlay but it's something that you have to do. Um, so to be able to obviously um, to have them obviously as uh, allowances then that would be great. Yeah, especially for an electrical side obviously if it's perhaps the first time you're coming around to doing an EICR you could be looking at a, a bit of a higher bill anyway, whether if you need new smoke alarms or a new RCD board, obviously these are something that can obviously amount up and to be taken into consideration when you are doing your budget for the year. But um, obviously, so it's quite a good thing that they can be tax deductible. Yeah. So, so obviously- you, you cover, Yeah, you were going to cover about um, whether it's actually updating or-, or um, yeah. So yeah. any expenses you can claim back must be for maintaining and repairing your property rather than updating it. So obviously that takes us back to obviously the fixtures and fittings. So improvements are only tax deductible when they are incidental to repair, like swapping a broken single glazed window for a double glazed unit or replacing old worn out fashioned appliances. Yeah, the, the double glazing things is a good example of that where it's People used to be a bit confused because, well, if you're changing a single glaze to a double glaze, then it's it's obviously not like for like, and you're enhancing the property. But double glazed is classed as the the, the standard, basically that it should be. Um, and so, a single glazing is obviously passed now. So, if you if there is a single glazing in the property for whatever reason, or if you've only got certain windows and you're upgrading upgrading them to double glazed, then that is seen as a tax deductible um, allowance for for that repair because um, it's not classed as um, enhancement it is obviously um, repairing to the standard that it really should be uh, in this day and age so yeah that's good um, 
a few things in there, Ken, that some people might not be aware of. So that was good, obviously, with regards to, although everybody knows repairs and maintenance are included, maybe just the finer details uh, to clarify there is good. Um, another thing is uh, landlord's insurance. Now, adequate insurance uh, cover is essential to protect your investment property, um, whether it's against unexpected damage or, or loss. Um, every landlord should have the following five types of cover so that they can include their, in their policies um, and they are allowable expenses as well. So first off is obviously buildings insurance and now that protects your property against damage from things like fire and storm and floods, leaks um, um, and this will cover the structure and exterior as well as the perimeter interior fixtures such as maybe bathroom fittings, kitchen units and wall tiles and things. Um, that is what your buildings insurance will cover and it's really important Ken you'll know uh, just as much as I will how much leaks and when it's really bad weather how uh, detrimental it can be to a property whether it's the roof or whether it's internal um, and insurance is a really important thing to have in place for that fact. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, there was one recent obviously at least just before the end of last year we had all the the wind and the rain and um, we've seen a lot of uh, roof repairs and internal damage uh, to some properties. Um, yeah, I think there's uh, quite a, I think might be like the peak season for landlords putting in claims for obviously I think we get quite a lot of storm damage coming around in February. So um, they've been reported that February is the worst month for it. So even taking like the necessary steps that you can to make sure that your property is checked over to try and prevent having to go through your landlord's insurance which by just doing some simple repairs but obviously i think the key is to have it in place so if it does come to the worst case scenario you are protected yeah i mean it's something we obviously advise at the, at the, the point of the, the beginning for any landlord investor or anything it's like you know but your um, landlord's insurance is in place and you've got that and the importance of that cover but there will be there will be uh, people out there that, that maybe don't have it or don't think it's important. Um, I would say that it, that definitely is. Um, I mean, some people maybe think whether they've got money in the bank or I don't know what the reasons for them not having insurance or think that it's not relevant to them. Um, but um, 100% it's it's necessary. Um, so yeah, buildings insurance, and then you've also got your contents insurance as well. Um, and that's a, another essential part, uh, even for unfurnished properties, which is a, a quite a common misconception. Um, it covers appliances, but also covers uh, floor coverings. It covers if you've got curtains, if you've got blinds, any other fixtures and fittings um, and furnishings in case of damage and loss caused by maybe the te a tenant or maybe even intruders and things if there's a break in and they cause damages uh, to the internal fixtures, fittings or any furnishings and appliances. Um, then it's really important to have the contents insurance cover as well. I've actually got one at the moment um, where there was a break-in and there was stuff damaged um, quite extensively in parts, and we are going through an insurance claim for that. Luckily, um, it's a really good insurance company. No qualms about it. Uh, they've been out, they've, their loss adjusters assessed it and just putting in quotes and things for that to be put through. Um, and, and they're, they're a really good insurance company. Uh, if, you, if you're a landlord or investor and need to obviously referral to a good insurance company, then by all means, message me direct. You've got my email and the, the blog attached to the, the post today, uh, richard.cook at fiveproperties.co.uk. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely worth its weight and go to have a good insurance company. 
um, that will that will actually pay out. I mean, I know there's a lot of the big players, Direct Line and Swinton and things, and and they'll all do their own versions of um, landlords' insurance. But I think uh, I think that if you if you read the small print, sometimes you're not covered for what you expect you will be. And always so in certain circumstances as well, they could, there's a lot of loopholes in terms of your tenants' circumstances, where their income comes from, whether they're on benefits, you know, what, whether that'll uh, allow you to be covered to a certain extent. So always check that uh, and make sure. That's something that I've talked about one of the first things that I cover when I meet a new landlord is to set up landlord insurance and uh, yeah, set up your landlord's insurance and register as a landlord with my council. But one of the things I always say to them is check the details of your policy because there'll be some things you might be included for or like you say, depending on the circumstances, it might not work out for you. So definitely read the finer print when it comes to your landlord's insurance. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, buildings, contents and also liability insurance protects you. Um, if a tenant takes maybe legal action against you for whatever reason, um, for injuries and damages caused by uh, you uh, your property but you know if, if the tenant injures herself in the property or something happens then your liability insurance covers that um the cost of it is usually just a few pounds per month to be fair uh, but check your landlord's contents policy to see um if you're already covered uh, do you know what I mean? so they'll do landlord's insurance and your buildings and contents and liability will all be in there but um more than likely but always check that it does cover you for all these aspects um they might only do contents and um, buildings they might not do liability for whatever reason so again it's important to read the uh, the small print the small print also with insurance you can have uh, a rent protection guarantee insurance and this covers you if tenants maybe stop paying their rent for whatever reason and the insurance company will then help regain possession of the property as well and the costs involved in that um, so that's a good that's a good thing to have in your insurance insurance might feel unnecessary but it provides peace of mind and it covers you for when the unexpected hits. So at some point it, it may happen. Um, unfortunately, if you're running a business which is vital to um, a portfolio, then it might happen at some point. Um, more than likely, if you are going to be a seasoned landlord or investor and plan to do this for a considerable amount of time, it will come around and to be covered by a good insurance policy is good. Um, ask an, an independent insurance broker maybe it's associate uh, market deals that, that wouldn't be obviously out there to the public. Um, and remember to claim back all your costs on your tax return as well. Like I said, if you want to speak to me about um, referring to a quite good, um, quite a good insurance company, then I could do that no problem as a referral, true to them direct. So insurance, and then I think obviously think about your bills and admin and your paperwork side of things as well. I've seen it obviously always make sure that you claim back your costs and your tax return. Um, and it's surprising the amount of allowable expenses for general running uh, of your rental property and things that you can't actually claim back. These costs could really add up over time and you are entitled to claim back um, quite a lot. I'll run through a couple of these just uh, with you just now. So direct costs like advertising for a new tenant. Now people don't understand or, or realise that using an agent and things can be a, 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 a tax deductible expense. So advertising costs for the new tenant, your phone calls, even your stationery um, and things that you use for running your rental property are all tax deductible. Um, water rates, council tax, gas and electricity, it's an important one just now. 
for, for these void periods in between when you're obviously paying for these utility bills and, and possibly the council tax if you're out with your exemption uh, period, or if you include them in your uh, rent, which we don't usually do, but if, if, if that is the case, then these are also expenses as well. Travel expenses, so even like your, your petrol, or if, if you're a self-managed landlord and you do a lot of driving between your properties and things, maybe you're doing your own inspections and things. Um, transport costs, if you do use public transport and things as well, uh, for visiting your properties, then that's that's something as well. And buying goods and managing the, con the contractors and things as well. HMO licence fee for houses of multiple occupancy, that's another thing. We don't do HMOs, but there is obviously a lot of people that do. Um, there's a lot involved in HMOs, so to know that obviously the licensing scheme and things is one of those expenses uh, is a good thing to know. Uh, ground rents, service charges and any residential association or management fees. So if you're in a building block and you've got factum fees and things, these are included as well. Now, these expenses must be wholly and exclusively related to your rental property. You need to be clear on that or they will, they will obviously question it. Uh, if part of the expense is for something else, you might need to do like an appropriate, uh, you might need to appropriation, uh, appropriate the costs, so like divide it up basically. As an example, if you say you drove to Ikea uh, and you bought maybe a light fitting for your rental property uh, and another for your own home, do you, know, um, you could only claim back 50% of what you spent on the petrol. Do you mean, so you drove there to buy something for yourself and for your rental property. It wasn't solely for the rental property. So you couldn't claim back all the petrol expense for that travel because you were buying stuff for your personal use as well. So you'd have to divide that up. So that's the way to think about it uh, when you're claiming back expenses like that. Um, but it's good to be able to claim back expenses, especially um, when it comes down to things like repairs and maintenance and, and even down to your, your own time and uh, what you spend doing to get these things for your rental property. Of course, you won't be doing all that running about if you have an agent and a managing agent doing that for you. They will do all that legwork um, or their contractors will. Uh, and then obviously you could offset the cost of using them again as a tax deductible expense, management fees and things as well. Um, what about landlord services, Karen? I mean, obviously you do a lot of the, you've done a lot of the property management for four years. Yep, and I've obviously yeah. used the rental side of it, so I've got yeah. quite a broad broad span of it. But obviously there's a lot that goes into it, and I think the further we go through this, the more surprised that people can be is the amount of things that are tax deductible. So obviously professional landlord services, there's a number of things that come under here that are obviously tax deductible when you're going through that. So there's various services to make it simpler, easier, and less time-consuming to get the most out of your rental property. The good news is that all of the costs that follow our industry, for industry professionals are tax deductible. So inventory clerks create a comp comprehensive list of all the items in your rental property and prove its condition at the start of the tenancy in case it comes to a dispute. So I think this is one of the best ones to have because a lot of landlords think with their property being unfurnished, they don't need an inventory. Yeah. But we are now at the point where basically if you don't have an inventory, you cannot claim against damages. A landlord has to prove what the property was like at the start of the tenancy and without a comprehensive inventory you're on a hiding to nothing unfortunately so this is something that obviously can be a very comprehensive report we had i was speaking with one of our landlords just this week and she had said they were obviously just up doing some final little bits and pieces making sure the property was all checked over for their tenant moving in 
and Bevan Trey Clark was there at the same time with them and said that he was there for four hours. He was like, I thought he was moving in. <laughs> and I was like, they're just, they're just that comprehensive with it because obviously this is your property, your investment that they are having to do this report on. So obviously it takes into account things like the cleanliness, your carpets, your walls, right down to like light switches, plug sockets. So even if you don't have a furnished property, these are still such an essential thing. They are not a requirement, but they are something we would highly advise having done. And silver lining, it's tax deductible as well. Yeah, the, the thing about inventories, it's just, again, it's this common misconception that, oh, I don't need one, the property is unfurnished, but they don't maybe realise that it covers all your internal fixtures, your fittings, right down to the light switches, the skirting boards, your floor coverings. Um, and they are very detailed and, and a really comprehensive um, report, which, like you say, it's not it's not mandatory you don't have to have one it's not a legal requirement but it's in your best interest to safeguard your investment ultimately and um, you don't know what could happen um out with general wear and tear during a tenancy and you don't want to be left without being able to claim to rectify these things at the end um also it's important i think you can do your own inventories but there's a lot of i mean ken we've done the we've done the training course with safe deposit scotland which is the, the, the deposit scheme that we use um, and we were even surprised, I mean, it was a few, good few years ago now, but we got them in just to clarify, like, what do we have to, what is the correct process? What's the best way to do this to make sure it's done properly? And they they even pointed out to us, even down to the terminology of how you describe something, is it, is it professionally cleaned? Is it domestically cleaned? Uh, do you know, just things like that, then um, that all needs to be right. So we do use an independent third party inventory clerk. And that's always good as well, because they're coming into a property that we're already familiar with and the landlord's already familiar with as with a complete fresh set of eyes. And they see what they, they, they record, what they see, whereas an agent and a landlord who are familiar with the property might overlook certain things like that. Uh, and it's the finer detail that really is the important part. Um, and you'll know that yourself, obviously, um, doing deposit claims and everything for many years. Yeah, so obviously, like right back to terminology, even the time in which it's done, we used to obviously when I started, you used to be able to reuse an inventory if the property was still in pretty much the same condition, but you can't do that anymore. You need one for the start of each new tenancy that has to be date stamped, time stamped, like everything that goes into it. I've had landlords that have sent me over like a list of what's in the property, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's that won't work. They won't have a leg to stand on with that. So I usually send them over obviously a sample of what our inventory clerk carries out. And when they see it, they're like, right, okay, just I'm happy to pay for that to be done because the length of time it would take them to do something like that, that's weighing up whether you what your time is worth as well. Like, are you willing to sit and do that, go through all the pictures, put your descriptions next to them all, type up this report, or would you rather just pay that fee to have somebody else do all that hassle for you? It's interesting you touched on the time then obviously because it's time stamped and things and more than likely we either have it either the, the, the day or two prior or even sometimes on the day if it's not till later on in the day that the inventory clerk will do it in the morning. I remember when this first came about with the safe deposits given things and inventories and we were we made a claim once using the listing pictures and it actually went through. Um, you can't you can't do that now. <laughs> I remember I remember back at the beginning we were able to do that. But it's another thing that shows obviously how things have changed over time and if you're not keeping up to date with the requirements and the legislation then you're you're on a river without a puzzle basically so yeah. it's, it's it's very i mean i wouldn't even say it's very difficult you're just you can't do it 
yeah. you just completely dismiss it because unless you you're going to invest your time into this which as we know can be a full-time job it's easier just to pay that percentage to have a letting agent deal with it because it's peace of mind for yourself we are literally it's our job to keep up to date with this and make sure we know what we're doing and we have a whole team that's doing that as opposed to one landlord trying to keep themselves up to date with legislation and requirements and everything else that's involved in just the day-to-day running of a rental property. Yeah I would say I mean there was a time when I would usually advise you know if you're going to have a bigger portfolio or, or, or intend to build it definitely have an agent but if you've only got one or two you could probably do it on your own but with the amount of legislation and, and, and things just now and and red tape really around how you do things um it's better to have a professional who do it day in day out um that is really important so what, what else Karen, on the, the yeah more information on what's required for them just message us direct we clearly know so we'll be happy to help yeah, but anyway coming back to obviously the professional landlord services are tax deductible Accountants will help you track your rental income and expenses, handle your tax returns and stay on top of changes to allow to allowances to ensure your claim back what's yours. So obviously your accountant is something that is tax deductible. Managing agents oversee the day-to-day running of your rental property and we handle rent collection, repairs, maintenance, tenant relations, safety checks, periodic inspections and emergencies. And that's in a nutshell. We saw a lot more than that, but that's a little summary of it for you. So your managing agent fees are also tax deductible. So if you're paying a management commission each month, you're able to put a tax deduction on that. Letting agents find the right tenants for your property. We look after the advertising, photos, viewings, referencing, credit credit checks, and obviously arranging your move-in paperwork, such as tenancy agreements, and obviously as ourselves too, a little move-in pack for tenants as well. So another thing, not only is your management commission deductible, but obviously your initial setup fees also. Yeah. So credit check agencies investigate the tenant's credit history and assess their financial situation and ability to pay the rent. So as I say, I any landlord that I'm discussing credit checks with, obviously before I had, these are such an important thing to have your tenant credit check before they move in, not only for obviously just checking their suitability for the property, but if it comes around to the point where there is, maybe you're needing to put through a claim for like through your landlord's insurance for rent arrears for it, you will probably need to like proof that they weren't in adverse credit at the start of the tenancy, because without that, your claim might not be successful. So having this done is obviously one of the key things for the start of a tenancy and that's deductible. So, it's, uh, just as, as you were saying your story, just um, again, we use an independent uh, company who does the referencing and things for us. Uh, although we, there is, I mean, there's, there's such a lot involved in the referencing process in terms of pre-qualifying someday and, and find the right people on paper and in person. But we also run through uh, a credit check individually with a, a third party, which again is so important to do that. It is, yeah. So I've had somebody before, this is one of the examples I use as to why it's so important to do this, because I had somebody that, no, my credit check is fine, bank statements were all right, but when it came round to running this credit report, there's £20,000 worth of CCGs on their credit history. I mean, obviously, without that report, you wouldn't have known that. So it's such an important thing to do. And like you say, we have a third party that carries that out, so we know it's a, a comprehensive report. And it's doing the checks that you can't see on that initial referencing process. Yeah, and, and landlords who are 
doing things on their own and things and, and even even agents that's so easy to maybe be fooled and take people on merit um when they come across very genuine uh, and but until you do an actual proper credit check you're, you're not going to know whether what they're actually telling you is the truth do you know I mean? even down to possibly their earnings uh, what they actually earn and who they're employed by and what their financial history is like and um, to take all that just from someone's work is quite a risk yeah there's obviously a lot that goes into reference and to make sure that somebody is going to be suitable for the property especially just now obviously there's the moratorium on evictions so doing those as many checks as you can in that first place to obviously you're always going to run that risk but taking as many steps as you can to try and minimize that risk at the start yeah. of the tenancy yeah definitely and one of the final things under this category is solicitors so they can help you regain possession of your property in case, worst case scenario, you do need to evict your tenants. Yeah, I think worst case scenario, if you, if you are in that position where you're using a solicitor or, do you know what I mean, to obviously and, and have legal costs and things, that is, of course, tax, tax deductible. Um, and like I've mentioned about the insurance, your landlord's insurance and things will also um, maybe include legal costs and then again and then likewise they are tax deductible your insurance costs and things so good so while every landlord should maximize their tax efficiently and their profits remember that truly passive income comes from valuing your time as much as the rent that you receive the more time you have the more you can live the life you love yeah i think that time is just a uh, jim and i talk about it a lot and and how important time is and how valuable time is i think um there is a lot of time and effort goes into managing property especially if there's a lot you know if you've got a bigger portfolio or obviously um it can be quite time consuming there's a lot of knowledge and experience that is required to do it properly especially with the compliance and legal side of things now so if you do value your time and don't want to spend all your time doing this then get somebody to do it for you um we're just obviously touching, I mean, like you say, Karen, there's, we're running through these things today, but there's a lot more involved in the day-to-day -day of uh, letting. Um, and it is, I mean, it does become part of setting nature to us because we do it every day. Um, and it's, it's um, part of our daily process to make sure that we're up to date and making sure that things are like, we, our knowledge is up to date with what the actual uh, current guidelines and, and uh, legislation is. Um, we know the right places to look and find that and, and update what we know. It's not always um, easy for landlords to know where to look or to how to find out that information. But there are places like um, the Scottish Association of Landlords. If you are self-managing and you're on your own, please join them uh, and be a member. The regular updates, newsletters, keep everybody up to date with what they should be doing and when uh, they should be doing it, if there's deadlines for certain certificates that you've got them the impending EPC um, banding, obviously we've got minimal EPC banding and things, and there's a lot surrounding that. Um, and just obviously the the updates on the current moratorium and rent freezes, obviously we've now got, we are now allowed to do the rent increases as of the 1st of April. So you could do a 3% increase. Um, and then also, uh, if you can prove that your costs have really escalated in terms of mortgage or insurance, or possibly the, um, Factor fees in a building, you could do a 6%, but you do need to uh, put an application through and, and explain where um, these expenses have risen for, and, and that obviously justifies a 6% uh, rise. But 
a place like the Scottish Association of Landlords is good. And also a, a governing body like the Scottish Associ Association of Landlords is quite good for voicing um, the opinions to the Scottish Government on behalf of landlords. Sometimes a lot of individual landlords trying to put their, their obviously their concerns and, and things across just get overlooked. But if you're part of, a, uh, if you're all part of one governing body uh, for the sector, and they could speak on our behalf. And if you're a member of that, then you could uh, you have an input in that. And it's very important. Uh, Jim and I spoke uh, on a previous show about how these the, the Scottish Association of Landlords pushed forward um, with regards to the, the uh, current change and having to, and getting to do rent increases as of April because obviously the situation that people are finding themselves in with the rent freeze and the moratorium and, and, and the impact that had on everyone. So that's very important, I think, just to, to bear in mind. Um, and on that note, we speak about mortgages and, and increasing mortgage rates and things. But another thing is mortgage relief um, and the way a landlord can deduct their mortgage from their taxable income uh, has changed uh, relatively recently, relatively recently. So I'll outline what you can claim um, and some obviously helpful There's loopholes and things as well. So from April 2020, the amount you can deduct from your taxable income was fixed at 20% um, of the mortgage interest. So the remainder of the interest and, cap on, and capital repayments are no longer allowable expenses. Um, lower rate taxpayers were, uh, were unaffected by this change, uh, but you'll now pay more if you are in a higher tax band. Um, so either through existing earnings or by the new allowances increasing your taxable income. So I have to bear that in mind. Uh, the change only affects individual landlords and doesn't apply to limited companies. Um, so if you've got a limited company and you're running that, then uh, be aware that that doesn't apply. It's only for individuals. Um, uh, limited companies can still deduct their entire mortgage interest. Um, useful if you're looking to expand your portfolio. And I think the best uh, the best way forward, I mean, it is all on an individual basis, but more than likely on the best way forward if you're going to build a portfolio of a certain size is to have it in a limited company for tax purposes and things. It does really have its benefit. Um, I mean, these changes make it all the more important to stay on top of the available mortgage deals in case you maybe have a fixed rate coming to an end or whatever, especially with mortgage rates rising at the moment. Um, and staying one step ahead, you can seamlessly switch to a new deal without moving uh, to a more expensive variable rate and things. So again, that would be something that you would need to speak to, to a, a mortgage advisor who knows uh, the market and has access to um, products and things that you won't maybe get through high street banks or your general um, mortgage uh, providers. It is really important. We have some good mortgage advisors that we could do referrals through to as well. Um, and that would, uh, that would be something I'd happily do again you could message me on the the the, the email or even just come on uh, the post itself and I would come back to you. But mortgages obviously is a hot topic at the moment. Everybody's really, um, I've, I've had a lot of conversations even just in the past week about people's mortgages and changing. <laughs> Karen, I think you're, you're in a position with your own mortgage at the moment. So. Yes, I'm not looking forward to that. So I think everyone's a bit kind of uncertain just now. It can be a little bit worrying to not know what kind of percentage you're going to be increased to, what your payments are going to be increased to. So, um, yeah, speaking to the right mortgage advisors in this situation, just so you know, um, 
I've had a friend that tried to do it herself. I don't know why, considering she has myself and another friend that both work in poverty. And she's just had an absolute headache over it. And I was like, please just like speak to us and we'll help you sort it out or put you in contact with the right people for it because it is quite stressful for people just now. So speaking to the right advisor can help you obviously secure yourself a better deal going forward. Yeah, I think that um, it is a really confusing time and it is quite difficult. Um, for people to navigate through the changes in legislation, the extra costs involved. And it's put a lot of people off, uh, landlords and things that maybe just have one or two properties and they're thinking like, it's not worth it anymore. And my advice would be it is, just make sure that you're doing things properly and, and know what you're entitled to in, in terms of obviously everything that we've covered uh, in terms of expenses today. And also that you have things being done correctly. Um, in terms of the property being compliant and things as well, it is really important. And we try and be as helpful to everyone as we can. I mean, even people that are not landlords that approach us and just look for advice, um, then we are happy to do that. It's quite difficult for people and we appreciate the fact that some people some people don't know where to turn to to get the right advice. Um, as I say, I've already said the Scottish Association of Landlords, please feel free to message me myself direct. Um, and Karen, yourself as well, I mean, as a letting agent in terms of when it comes to the whole letting process and what's involved in that and the best way to start um, that whole process and do it seamlessly as you can. Um, you can speak yeah, to Karen. We wrote it down one day and that was the kind of the letting's process and what we did and there was like over 100 points of like each steps that we did. So there, there's a lot involved in it that you can, you can kind of get it in a bit of a nutshell. We can go through it obviously at that kind of initial stage with the landlord, but there's so many extra little things that we do just to get a tenant moved in in the first place that you maybe don't think about. So yeah. um, it's quite good to speak to an agent about it. Yeah, that's the, I forgot about that actually. Um, <laughs> We've done that in a training course and it's like right down there, it's like, and we just, we could have kept going, yeah, to be honest, we could have kept going, but um, yeah, I think we got to about hundred points and thought, right, okay, at least <laughs> I think that'll do, but uh, yeah, there is a lot involved. Uh, Okay, the comments for today, we've got Perry joining us morning, morning Perry. Um, Heather saying, very helpful, thanks for joining Heather. Uh, always a pleasure to provide information. I don't have TikTok um, and Instagram because Jim's not here. Now, we usually we usually run TikTok and Instagram live uh, on Jim's mobile devices. If you do want, uh, if you do want to watch on uh, TikTok and things when um, obviously it's just myself. I do have a TikTok if you want to go in and join it. You need to have a thousand followers to do live. Um, and I'm at, I think I'm at 756 or I'm close to that anyway. So as soon as I hit a thousand, I will be able to go live on TikTok. We get a lot of feedback for TikTok and questions and things, and it's good to go through them at the end and share. But obviously these, uh, this live show runs on all the social media platforms, like Facebook and whatever. So, but it's good to go live on the on the TikTok and, and Instagram as well. So. Yeah, Instagram. My Instagram is actually uh, Five Properties Lettings. Um, so if you could uh, join that, follow me, get to my, get me to a thousand, we would uh, we would be live on TikTok this morning. Um, so that would be quite good. But yeah, that was good this morning, Karen. Anything else you want to add? What's your final thoughts? No, I think obviously there's a lot of points that are tax deductible. So it's been really insightful to go through them all and see obviously what you can deduct and to make your money work for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is important. I mean, especially in this time, this day and age, everyone has 
uh, got a lot of expenses and, and costs are, are a big uh, concern for people. But there is ways and means of minimising that as much as you can and, and being aware of what you're actually entitled to. So that's good. And also, if anybody wants any information or pointed in the direction of how to get the right information, whether it's from a financial aspect, from financial or mortgage advisor, if it's even where to get obviously good advice on possibly inventories like we covered today inventories is such a big uh, part of the initial process and obviously referencing and things as well then my email is in the blog uh, attached to this post and you can you can always get us on social media or obviously uh, speak to us direct uh, my number is also in this post as well so that's us for this morning thanks very much for joining me Karen, um, and obviously sharing your part of obviously the the lettings process and things that are, are tax deductible and I think there's a lot of people that aren't aware of that um, and also from the mortgage and insurance point of view it is really important to keep that in mind um, so yeah and thanks everybody for joining and commenting unfortunately I couldn't be live on TikTok but as I say follow me and we could get there uh, to a thousand followers uh, right okay guys enjoy your Saturday thanks for joining me Karen I'll see you all next time thank you Bye.